0: off the ball daily a home for your favorite podcasts from off the ball i might create a new game i looked at creating a game that just has four pockets on i looked at the table we started playing it. i went you know what i like this it's a cross between paul and snooker subscribe to the off the ball daily podcast feed right now otb am with gillette labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now Turning our attention to matters, Evan Ferguson, because the the hype train does not stop. We're not going to get too carried away over in this country, but delighted to say Andy Naylor from The Athletic joins us on the show this morning to uh, touch on Brighton and Evan Ferguson and other issues as well. Andy, good morning. How are things?
1: Good morning to you. Very well, thank you.
0: Looking forward to Europe. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's exciting times for Brighton.
1: It certainly is, yeah. Uh, Qualifying for Europe for the first time in the club's history. And it's going to be the Europa League rather than the Europa Conference League because they have such a big goal difference advantage going into um, the end of the season. So although they're not mathematically guaranteed Europa League at the moment, sixth place, that's what it's going to be in reality.
0: We did want to talk to you about uh, about our own Evan Ferguson. We mentioned him at the top of the show as well today. He uh, scored another couple of goals at the weekend. He... um, He's someone that every time we talk about on the show, Andy, we, we get a little bit of slack for maybe bumping up the hype train a little bit too much. But what's the what's the vibe around Evan Ferguson in Brighton?
1: There's no doubt about it. He is a really exciting prospect. The way he's come through this season and in, in his sort of first proper season in the first team. Ten goals in 22 outings, which is pretty impressive at the level he's playing at. The most prolific teenager in the Premier League. 18 years of age. What I really liked against Southampton uh, on Sunday, in particular, was his first goal, which was an important breakthrough. And it was just the shot, 15 yards out, angled drive. Didn't think twice, bang. And it was it was actually the velocity of the shot that um, I mean, Alex McCarthy. You could question the Southampton goalkeeper, but when you look at it again, I just don't think he was expecting it. To be as hard as it was. Yeah. Um, so he, he just, he's, he just, he's just got no fear uh, at all, Evan. And then for the second goal, really good work by Kaori Matoma, and other Brighton's young stars down the left, and he was in the right place to put it away. So, um, yeah, he's made a really big uh, impression with not just goals, but just his all-round game.
2: He, he does seem to have um, found that Happy place between no fear and almost humility as well. Like he's he, absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know Shane. Has, yeah. Shane has interviewed him. I've never interviewed him, but he just come across as this guy that is absolutely soaked in confidence. But there's no rela- he's not arrogant. He's kind of he's, he just seems
1: to have, have gotten that balance. Maybe correct. Yeah, very humble when you speak to Evan. Yeah, there's there's no cockiness about him. Um, no, no attitude. Um, I, I think a lot of, um, well, the praise for that perhaps goes down to his dad, um, Barry, who, who of course was a player, central defender. I'm sure he's getting a lot of uh, good advice from his father and the people around him, and indeed at the club, the way he's being handled by the club. You've got Roberto Di his head coach. You know who's who's looking at it not just for the now, but for what's ahead for Evan. Hence, when he had this ankle injury against Chelsea recently, you know, there could have been a temptation to rush him back, but they didn't do that. They waited till he was properly okay again. You've got Danny Welbeck there, um, a great example, a great role model for him to work alongside. So, um, yeah, he's very much got his feet on the ground. I don't think he will get carried away in any way. the noise around him in in Ireland.
2: I I got a good bit of slagging uh, recently. I was saying that I think, um, uh, like I essentially said, I think Evan Ferguson's play outside the box. Like, Hal and Ferguson do have a couple of things in common, that both their dads were professional footballers. I don't think that should be understated, actually. I think they were probably brought up in a different way to, like, your average kid, because I guess if you're a dad and you play professionally and you see your kids showing early promise, you can kind of throw the whole kitchen sink at it. And if you have two like big lads and athletes that they were. But I suppose the point I was making with that, I think he doesn't get enough credit, Evan, for his the quality of his link-up play and his hold-up play outside the box. Would you agree? And I guess, like, what does he have to improve on?
1: I think there's areas for improvement on that, but but he's learning. And what's really fascinating under Roberto Deserby, I mean, Danny Welbeck says he's learning. Uh, even with his wealth of experience, the clubs he's played at, because Brighton don't really play with what most people would recognise to be an out and out number nine. It's almost it's almost kind of a false nine. Um, so they he drop, drop, they drop in quite a lot. Uh, the, the, the forwards drop back into midfield, linking up the play. That's very much part of part of um, the method. So there's quite a lot of that, yeah. And I I guess there there were sometimes areas I I can remember. uh, In one of the recent games, Roberto, as he often does, turning around in exasperation when Evan, on one occasion, was a bit loose in possession. He does that with everyone. Roberto, Um, people get a bit confused. His passion on on the touchline is not directed at officials. Usually, it's directed at his own players. When they're not quite as precise as he'd like them to be, but he's in a great place to learn. He's in a great club to learn. Uh, you look going forward that he'll get European experience now, um, which can only benefit his development. What's he? Sorry, what's he worth, Andy? What's he worth? Mm. It's very difficult to put a figure on it. Obviously, at this stage, I would immediately. You're, you're probably talking, I don't know, what, what Brighton would want him. I think what we've got to bear in mind is strikers, forwards, forwards who score goals always come with an added premium. I've mm. got um, a figure on it, but if we're talking about what he could become, then we could be talking huge figures. You know, we're we're looking at a club that have got two midfielders in, Moises, Cochado and World Cup winner Alexis McAllister, who could if they're sold in the summer, fetch between them in the region of £160 million. Evan, and let's stress, it's still very early days, but if he maintains his development, he'll be getting into those kind of high-figure fee brackets.
0: It's interesting, Andy, because he signed this new contract, long-term contract, with with Brighton until 2028. Does that does that tie things up for him for the next few years at Brighton? Or do you feel that the clubs will be sniffing around because there's been rumours of Jose Mourinho being a massive fan of his and, and rumours of AS Roma coming in for him. I know he's a Manchester United fan from, from when he grew up as well as a kid. So does, it, does the contract tie things down for Everton for the next year or two at the Amex, do you think?
1: I, th- I think it's a combination of those things. Yes, it, it, it shows his, his, his level of commitment. It shows the club's belief in him and also it protects their interest in terms of interest externally, which there will be and there will continue to be. I've no doubt about that. I'm sure we'll see stories linking him with clubs in the summer. I don't see him going anywhere at this stage. I don't see him going anywhere soon. I think he knows, the people around him know, he's at the perfect club to develop. We look back at his decision to join Brighton. There were lots of big clubs interested in him. He went for a trial at Liverpool, Everton, Celtic. He chose Brighton because he could see the pathway. And here he is, 18 years of age, getting regular first team involvement in probably the biggest and toughest league in the world. So um, I think he's in a happy place and I think he'll stay in that place. It's also,
0: it is interesting that would you say because I got that sense from speaking to him before as well that he was very grateful to Brighton and, and the work that they've done in, in improving you know his little skills we, we talk often about his physicality just because of his size I guess but <clears throat> as you mentioned this morning Andy like his finishing technique and little things like that as well um, and also I guess there, there was a little bit of fear maybe certainly for myself when Graham Potter was leaving leaving Brighton and I was thinking oh, you know, Potter's been very good to Evan Ferguson he brought him into the, the first team squad um, but that trans- Transition from Potter to De Zerby on, for Evan Ferguson was, was seamless which speaks volumes about the player as well I suppose
1: absolutely yeah and I don't think you were alone in fearing that I think there were a lot of people who wondered what was going to happen when Graham Potter who, who'd taken the club from a bottom six club they were bottom six in his first two seasons in the Premier League to ninth last season goes to Chelsea Roberto De Zerby, who I mean the club knew what he was all about but probably a lot of people Wondered who this guy is. Didn't know much about him, um, but we've seen him take the team on further, improve, prove them further, improve individual players with his with his coaching and his his methods and his belief And I think we've seen that with Evan. He's just grown and grown and grown this season.
2: What's the Derby stock actually as well? Because like, if you look at some of the basket case appointments that top Premier League clubs have made either in the um, interim. Where does he rank now?
1: Well, uh, you know, um, you have to say what an inspired appointment. And it's not by accident, this, because Brighton, um, this is their way under the owner-chairman, Tony Bloom. Tony Bloom, beg your pardon, they're very forward-thinking. He'd like be called very, Tony
2: Bloom, I think. That's kind of got a nice ring to
1: it. Probably call very, his next um, horse, that. <laughs> they're very proactive. They're not reactive, they think ahead, they plan for everything, whether that's losing staff, and they've lost a lot of staff um, in the last 12, 18 months, losing players, and they've lost some key players in the last 12, 18 months. But there's always something in place. And with Roberto Deserbi, Zerbi, they knew about his work at Sassuolo, they knew about his work briefly at Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, he was their number one choice. And it's proved to be, as I said, an inspired appointment when you look at where he's now taken the club. That that style of play they have, um, of playing out with no fear, no fear at all. Um, and, um, yeah, you can only see a sort of um, bright future ahead.
2: It's, it's funny as well, Like that must be important for Evan Andy in the sense that like he's playing at a club that from the top down like, if Evan were thrown into, like, a so-called bigger club, but a club that's kind of all over the shop, like, that could really sign his development.
1: Absolutely, and I think the, the other thing, the other key thing you've got to remember, and that there have been many examples of this in the past, let's just say Big Club X comes in, loads of money, uh, hypothetical world, he went. He would not be getting the first team opportunities he's getting at Brighton, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm talking about with that pathway. That, that, that. Clear identity that young players can see that at Brighton, I've got a real chance of progressing uh, and developing and getting first-team football. It's not often, the very rarely the case uh, at bigger clubs that that happens. More likely to be playing in the under-21s, going out on loan. So um, that will come. It will come if he continues his development. He continues to progress. That will come naturally anyway. He's only 18, so there's no rush. And I think he knows that. I think the people around him know that. The club know that. So, um, yeah, as I said before, I think he's in a really good place to um, develop his career.
0: Even holding on to You mentioned Andy Of course Caicedo and and McAllister Potentially could be Out the exit door We'll wait and see Across the summer Um, Quick two-parter for you How important is it Even from Evan Ferguson's Perspective That Brighton hold on To Matoma Because he's been crucial To the the club this year And also secondly The Joao Pedro Arrival from Watford A £30 million striker Will that have any impact on, on, On Evan Ferguson?
1: Well, two things. Let's take Matoma first. I don't see him going this summer. You, you can never say never, but I don't see that happening this summer. Um, I, I, I wouldn't anticipate movement beyond Cachado, McAllister, and possibly goalkeeper Robert Sanchez, who's, who's lost his place to Jason still and um, is not particularly happy about that. Um, Matoma, again, fantastic breakthrough season. Um, he's had um, but I think and again there's plenty of clubs that will be looking at him watching him but they'll probably want to see what happens because I, th- I think the the challenge for, for K.O. And, and indeed Evan is the next season you know they're, they're these breakthrough players that people don't necessarily know much about people know all about them now so it will be interesting to see um, if they can continue that that um, progression next season, um, so uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I don't see um, Matoma going. And sorry, I've now forgotten what was the second. Sorry, Joe <laughs> Pedro's,
0: Pedro's arrival from from Watford. Of course, and, yeah. Would that have any impact?
1: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think this is part of the process. Brighton and Deserby spoken a lot about this. During the running, they've had a really congested spell of fixtures and against big teams, big games. They've had injuries and it's caught up with them a bit, the the, the, the sort of three games a week scenario. They're going to have that a lot next season. You're, obviously, you're playing regularly to start with sort of Thursday, Sunday. So you've spoken a lot about the fact that they're not used to that and they need to get used to it. So this they need more. They need a bit more depth. They have got quite a lot of young quality depth, but they need a bit more. And you know, they've they've made their intentions clear with with Joao Pedro, it's ten million that pound more than the club have ever paid for a player. Uh, so they don't routinely splash out huge sums uh, transfer fees. Twenty-one um, year old, real kind of typical Brighton identity in terms of. The type of players they like, uh, Brazilian forward can play in quite a few different roles across the front line. And obviously that adds from, from Evan's point of view, that increases the competition for forward places. But I think he'll still get plenty of opportunities, you know, domestically. They've got Premier League, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, then Europa League on top of that. Mm. So, um, there will still be plenty of opportunities for him. I'm sure.
2: Just briefly, and sorry, the, like this is the thing as well that I I often fear for players in general young players that the schedule is absolutely basket case. Now Evan has to come off like a fairly hectic schedule. Playing Man City uh, tomorrow, but then he doesn't really have a rest because Ireland are in action in, yeah. in a massive qualifier soon against
1: Greece. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got the international element as well. But we've seen that with. I mean, eight, let's not forget eight Brighton players went to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. The likes of um, Matoma, McAllister, Caicedo, Purvis Estupinan, Ecuadorian left-back, who's another player who's had a really impressive first season. So they had a lot of players at the World Cup. And I think people have lost sight of that sometimes in the recent run-ins when some individual performances have perhaps not been at the level we've come to expect and some of the team performances haven't been. A lot of these players are a bit drained, frankly, both physically, but as much as anything mentally as well. So you would like to think, you know, he's that that's, That goes back to my point about deserving the way he's handled Evan. Um, you know, he's, he's managing him carefully. He's managing his minutes carefully because he knows this is not just about Evan and Brighton now. This is about his long-term future too.
0: Andy, great stuff. Thanks for joining us
1: this morning. No problem at all, good to speak to you.
0: OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.